0: guys is dr nono here bringing you a new episode the original wap some good some not so much so i just want to take some time to thank y'all for following us on our twitter facebook ig um it's been extremely grateful to see all the support that we've gotten within the first week uh, of us releasing our first episode whoop, whoop, and- whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Hey, and our inbox Woo! has been full with like just thank yous from you guys and questions which we will definitely get to later on in this episode. Um so again, we just want to thank you guys for that and uh, hopefully we can see your support in the episodes to come. All right. So, um as part of our welcome uh essentially what are you guys doing? What's what's up? What's been going on?
1: I want to start with a story, a very short story. I can't and i'm gonna'm I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell the listeners <laughs> about should the we, events of two weeks ago. we
2: snap, we snap?
1: Y'all, you, you can, it's not poetry. you don't have to snap Google, but <laughs> it's. But um, I just want to share first of all, that I completely agree with doctor Nono. The amount of love and support you guys have shown us have been amazing. I'm gonna share a short story because before we formally launched this podcast on a Wednesday, Amy Joe of all people was like, Hey guys, can I tell a couple people? We're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's Sunday. You know, we don't launch it until Wednesday. She's like, can I just tell a couple people like, you know, like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and we're like, I'm like, I mean, I guess, you know, we're approved on Spotify, Apple music, Google, you know, we're on all the platforms. Cool girl. Tell a couple people come Monday. Mind you, launch day is Wednesday. Come Monday. Dr. No-No over here is like, why does our Facebook page have 200 likes? Who are these people? What, what, what's happening? I don't understand. Like I'm at work and there's just like social media is blowing up. And then Amy Jo is like, oh yeah, I told like a few people. Like how many? It's like, oh, like, like, like 1600.
3: Like, I told everybody. Hey, chocolate and bees, come check us out.
1: And Dr. Nono is trying her best to, like, balance, you know, all the social medias while she's seeing her patients. And she's like, why am I getting all these hits? Like, what is happening? And I'm like, Amy Joe's, her village has come and they are not playing. Girl,
0: I'm blowing <laughs> so my phone yeah. and inbox up <laughs> So please keep it coming, but just realize there's <laughs> one person behind all the social media right now. So
3: shout <laughs> yeah. out to my people. When y'all come through, you come through. <laughs> I love
1: y'all so
3: much. They did. Like I posted it and they were like, I can't wait. People shared it. I know people listened to it because they call back like, I loved your episode. They had questions. Oh, it was great. I it to my favorites list. I love my people. I love y'all.
1: So then I really when I post, late. so then when I post on launch day, people looking at me like, oh, you late? Oh, you late. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not late. Like this is, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, man, God forbid we have some type of structure <laughs> and organization. Like, oh, we, we saw this. We saw it. I'm like, listen, you know, the people who follow me haven't seen it. And then I will just say that like my whole village has been amazing, especially, um, all the Howard groups that I also posted it in. Mm-hmm. So my best friends, close friends, Howard group, you guys have been amazing. You guys are dope. Love all the support. Mm-hmm. That was great.
0: Yeah. It was great. It's been great. You have So keep it coming. It gives me so much joy just to log in and see how many more followers we have. Most like any more people that we get like day after day, <laughs> like I log in every morning just to see like, you know, new questions you guys send in, um, new comments, you know, like, just congratulations for launching the podcast. Like it just literally makes my day to log in and see that. So please keep it coming. And believe me, there will be way more episodes to come for your listening pleasure. So yeah.
1: Even my mom says she liked it. I'm like, for real, mom. Like <laughs> you found it, you're listening. I was like, I don't know how she, I don't know how she's gonna feel I, about this episode uh, though. Hi mom. Hey. But uh
0: <laughs> Yeah, I ain't telling my dad about this episode. I I don't know. Dr. Mom, Fish we'll Ray wait. the other Dr. Fisher, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll probably skip this episode. I'll tell you about the next one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just listen, it's just WAP. You know, that's all we're talking about.
3: It's, it's
2: just not, are, it's there's just nothing not. wrong with some we're, WAP.
3: We're, you know, right? Day. We're all here by way of the WAP. That's
2: how we got here. It's <laughs> amazing.
3: <laughs> why, why about about it. It. There was WAP and WAP was good and we were born and now we're here <laughs> <laughs> yes. too. Yes, <laughs> educate the world about
1: <laughs> so WAP. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. The topics I have today for the trending in medicine, only one pertains to the WAP, <laughs> but the other two are not WAP related. So, guys, please forgive me if you have a total of maybe five to ten minutes. That is not about WAP. Like, just for- <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. Since everybody's so excited. <laughs> Ew. 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> My gosh, but then let me hit y'all with the first one. So the first thing that's training in medicine I thought was pretty dope was um, Mike Bloomberg, as in, yes, Mike Bloomberg, formal presidential candidate for the Democratic, well, yeah, former, former candidate uh, for the Democratic nominee, mm-hmm. um, and also former mayor of New York City. Also notice Mr. Stop and Frisk, we're not going to go there, either way. So, oh. Bloomberg, yeah, I know. So, Bloomberg basically decided he's going to give away $100 million to HBCUs and their um, School of Medicines and their basic it. sciences. Mm-hmm. So, this $100 million basically went to four historically black colleges and universities, one of which is my alma mater, Howard University, HU, you know. Um, so, <laughs> Howard is what you, you guys know. Yeah. You, guys, you guys already know <laughs> yes. how I do. Yes. So um, the four universities were Howard, Meharry, um, Morehouse, and also Charles Drew University, which I was unaware of, which apparently is in Los Angeles. So um, each of them got between 20 and $30 million for their respective programs. So I thought that was pretty dope. Because if I anybody has like extra millions of dollars during the pandemic to just be giving people, I mean, okay, we'll take it. It's cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Medical Where school is those extra,
0: cool. I mean, where's the extra million for the Black people that go to PWIs? Dr. Bloomberg uh, or Mr. Okay. Bloomberg. I mean, that'd be very nice. Well, you know. <laughs> or you can count, like, the number of Black people on, like, two hands at, like, you know, most of these PWIs. That would have been <laughs> extremely helpful. But, yeah. I, mean, well, I think here funding, there. Funding of the here nor there. Funding of the schools, which is exactly
3: hard to come by when you're not a, a PWI. So, you know, yeah. the funding is is where it counts. Um, now, if it results in some scholarships, that's fine, because as we all know,
0: hmm mm-hmm
3: sally may owns my life right now i mean i cannot <laughs> wait to break up
1: with her. I, I am not i'm not gonna lie when i saw this story i kind of read the fine print and i was like what about people who went to hbcus and they got some debt i'm like uh i'm like scrolling <laughs> like, ah, and i'm like ah, ah, not in there. i'm like that because every doctor has loans from med school it's hard to get like a full ride to med school that's like not a thing like no it's like you it's like, few, it's, like I, I was gonna say one in a million but it's probably even less than that Mm. But um point well, is it, it wasn't there. I scrolled through though. MD <laughs> it, like the MD
3: PhD, isn't that like the MD PhD programs? I think those have some full scholarships. But they do I and mean, the, the BS and the
1: BSMDs. If you do like, you know, the combined like six-year BSMD program, they yeah. have scholarships too. Yeah. But um
3: other than that, you've got those good old student loans, and every month I'm reminded that I owe for this education. Mm-hmm.
1: Meanwhile, uh,
0: mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. no, I mean, it kind of goes along with, I know Biden and Harris, like kind of released their plan for um, uh, like compensating the doctors during like the pandemic and all this, like as part of their, their campaign for reelect or election. Um, and I know a lot of it kind of left out the doctors and first responders that like the plan that they released kind of only applies to residents and medical students. But I saw that it doesn't really kind of. It kind of leaves the doctors that grad that just graduated kind of out of that that loop. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Hmm. Well, hopefully somebody will consider us in the future because I mean, just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, would, it would be nice. But you know,
0: we'll see. We'll see.
1: All right. Next thing I have that's trending. I don't know if you guys have heard about Caster um, Semenya. So yeah. I'll summa- I'll summarize the story for you guys really quick. So I came across this story because I follow Simone Biles you know, awesome, mm-hmm. genius, mm-hmm. black girl magic embodied in like a court woman. She's yeah. Super woman. She's awesome. So um, I follow Simone Biles and then she tweeted and she was like, Oh, I stand in solidarity with, um, with Caster. And I was like, Oh gosh, every time I see a tweet, someone says they stand in solidarity. I, li- I literally read it and I was like, Oh my God, what happened? Like what kind of solidarity is this? Is this racial? Is this gender inequality? Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? So here's the story. So Caster Semenya, she is a 29 year old black woman from South Africa. She is a two time gold medalist in the Olympic games. I think she won in Rio and then she also won in London. Um, And she won in the category of the 800 meter dash she runs track and field. So basically in a nutshell, the story is Caster is this amazing track runner. And then when athletes, as you guys may know when they're not competing in the Olympics they have these world championships which happen every year. So basically, about two years ago, we were competing in the world championship, all the all the women were competing. And then the judges started to notice that Castor had like a really good improvement in her time, like from year one to year two, she had a drastic improvement. So then they're like, hey, this improvement's kind of too good. We're actually going to test you for substance abuse and drugs, because that's just, you know, ha- how did this happen? So they basically put her through all of this testing. So they put her through, you know, the utox. Turns out she's not taking any drugs, no substances, nothing. Squeaky clean. But then they also did blood tests on her, and they found out that her testosterone levels were high. So then they decided after seeing her really, really high testosterone levels, they went ahead and they did sex testing on her. And by when I use the word sex, I mean sex as in like the sex that you were born, male versus female. Male is X, Y. Woman is XX, which you're born with. Your DNA, you know. So they did sex testing on her, and it turns out that she has XY chromosomes. So she has the chromosomes of a male, but she has been competing in all women's sports and women's categories. Now, this being said, there's a lot of loopholes here and information that I don't know. I don't know if her parents knew or if her, you know, I don't, I don't know those details. From here going forward, what happened was. There was a huge investigation that happened back in 2017. Long story short, they basically talked to Castor, her parents, her gynecologist, her doctor, did a full investigation. They handled it not very well at all. Lots of offensive words being thrown around um, towards Castor from like Twitter, Facebook. It was like a PR nightmare. Like it was actually really horrible for her and her loved ones. Mm-hmm. Moving yes. forward, they did. Yeah, they did a full investigation on this and they made the decision in 2017. You know what, Castor? We did a full investigation. You're good. You can continue to compete. You can keep your gold medals. All is fine. All's right with the world. Fast forward, fast forward to a week ago. So a week ago, they decided to reopen the case and they also decided that they were going to overturn their ruling and say that Castor as of last week is not allowed to compete at all. In any international championships, which includes the World Championships and the upcoming Olympics, until she finds a way to lower her testosterone levels to the levels of a "quote unquote" normal female athlete, that so is she is now bullshit. so she is now barred from competing. Period. As of last week, there are rumors swirling around. There are rumors swirling around about this that there were lots of athletes who run track and field who were making who were signing petitions and. And making a big deal about this because they're like, hey, if I got disqualified because I was using an enhancing drug or I was using a substance, you disqualified me because my hormone levels were off because I was taking steroids. But then my testosterone levels are just as high as hers. Why does she get to compete and I don't get to compete? Why does she get to have an edge in her competition and I don't get that same edge? So this started to pick up steam. They reopened the case and they overturned the ruling as of a week ago. The reason, yeah, it's crazy. So then you'll see lots of, if you guys follow lots of Olympians, they're heavily following this. A lot of them know her personally. And you know, she's a two-time gold medal winner. Now, there's a couple reasons why I bring this up. The number one reason why I bring this up is that I want to be very clear here. Castor Semenya, I can guarantee you, is not the first athlete, nor will she be the last athlete to compete in the Olympic Games or even compete internationally who has a hormone imbalance mm-hmm. right yeah. she it, it's just it's 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 a moot point i'm there there's been lots of athletes who this has happened to before and there's going to be athletes coming afterwards now since the fact that this ruling came out she was very vocal she's like i consider myself an activist at this point i'm fighting for my right to compete and i'm also fighting for all the little girls out there who were born with these hormone imbalances because there's no pathway to competition for us Mm-hmm. so if this is something that um you know you would find interesting and like to follow i mean it's going to be literally the story is going to be unfolding because she was very clear she's like i'm not going to take injections or have surgeries or do anything to alter all these hormones in my body i was born like this this is this is how i want to compete so it's an ongoing story so if you're an activist for like you know human activist rights human rights activists You like lgbt activism things like that it's a very interesting story i wish her all the best she's actually handled it with really good like like the amount of dignity and pride that she shows she's very polite even though they've been spewing horrible things towards her and her loved ones she actually has a wife i think she married her wife last year i believe or maybe two years Mm -hmm. um so they've been through a lot long story short that's that story which i think that everybody should be aware of and wow. and on and on top of that, I'm pretty sure that this even came up because it's an Olympic year. It's a competition right. year. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of there are tons of people in different there's tons of people in different countries who don't want her to compete because she's the front runner to win the 800 like the 800 meter. That's what she does because she's bomb at it. So it's
0: not really about like you know her you know her sex or because I mean it's, you know her sex and gender like those are two different. Those are two different entities that we're kind of dealing with here. So it's not really about that. It's more about finding some way to keep her out of the competition so that she's not a threat in the upcoming Olympics. That's
1: pretty that's pretty much the end of it. So That's that is how it is perceived. That is what it's definitely looking like, especially because they did this full invest. They did this whole thing 2 years ago. So the fact that this is coming up and you're overturning it, there it seems like there's some foul play at hand. Maybe there's some country out there who has a bomb runner and they're like, "Oh, only person standing in our way is Caster. Let's just yeah. uh, let's just slide a little money over here. Let's get the let's get a you know an overturning of a ruling here and there." Honestly, so, um,
0: after all the events of 2020, I would not. I I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going on. So yeah, it's Repetite. so messy. I
3: mean, it's so messy because people are gonna fall. You know, all sides of it. Somebody's gonna say, look, she's XY, which means she's not genetically female. And if you're not genetically female, then you shouldn't be able to compete. We're gonna get into discussions about intersex and what that means. What does your external you know makeup look like? So your phenotype versus your genotype versus what you look like on your chromosomes versus what you look like real time. Like, do you have a vagina? versus a penis, if it, is it nondescript? Um, all of us are family medicine trained, so we've all had one baby pop out and in your career, you will have to look and say, I got nothing. Could go either yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, believe it or not, when babies come out, there are some times where we're just not completely sure what this makeup looks like. Kind of looks like a vagina. Kind of looks like testes with a small penis is what ends up happening so you don't know we, you know we don't know the story or what happened or, or how they got there what I feel you know really bad for is that it's airing out on this international platform like yep the whole world is talking about whether or not you have a penis versus a vagina and what that you know what that means like how you use yep. it how you think you use it how you feel about it like does it function people want to know what you're, your your do you have ovaries? Do you not have ovaries in? It's so invasive. Very. Just to run.
1: Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. I mean sex
0: is not just, you know, male and female. There's actually, you know, multiple layers to that. So I mean, essentially what is referring to Dr. Amy Joe is referring to. <laughs> you know, we is, should stop having
3: wine at night when <laughs> we do <please>, uh <laughs>
0: I
1: might just leave it. It's fine.
0: All right. So what Dr. Amy Jo is referring to is the, so what doctors speak, that's uh, termed ambiguous genitalia. So when your genitals don't match the typical um, male penis and the female vagina. So usually when babies come out, you know, the doctor is able to determine if this is male or female and they go on from there. But as we can see from uh, Samaya's case, and also multiple cases that are, you know, going on, you know, right at this moment, you know, sex is not, is not binary. There's not just a male. There's not just a female. There's actually multiple layers to that. So I, th- I feel like that's still a new concept for a lot of um, people that are outside of the medical profession to, to um, grasp. But, I mean, this is definitely, this is not the first time this has come up within, like, the Olympics. It's like, not. I, mean, I think they, they, they like, try to do this to May, Jenna, uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, they tried to do this the, to um, the William, one of the William sisters, and also someone else before that. Her name escapes me, but I know they definitely tried to do this before. But
3: multiple- they
0: never tested the William, uh, I think it was Serena they tried to do,
3: because they tried to say, yeah. like her, her her build was too masculine. But we never right. got to, to this point.
0: There was mm-hmm. somebody else. I, you there know, was I another sprinter. It was another sprinter. I can't remember her name though.
3: Um, ah, shoot. Yeah. Ah. Either Anyway, I wish her all the best. Um, as, do, as do I. I, I hope that to. there is a solution um, for this. Uh, it will not soothe everyone's soul, but that is what it is. But, you know, I wish her all the best in this journey. Um, I'm sorry in advance that it is a complete invasion of her privacy. Um, But I look forward to seeing her activism for other intersex people who Mm -hmm. are having to make tough choices in a society where we only understand collectively boy or girl, male or female. And it's, it's, there's a gray zone in there and these people are existing in that environment and they, they have a difficult time. Yep. So here's the activism.
1: Agreed. All right, guys. My last story is not even really a story. It's literally just going to give the reference to this Cardi B video, which literally talks about what we're gonna to talk today, talk about today. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been under a rock, or maybe some of our listeners don't have an Instagram or Instagram live or any of that. But Cardi B on I wrote it down here on August the 16th posted a video to her Instagram where she's dressed in these like multicolored bandanas. It's a lot going on there. Um, And basically she does like this, this minute long monologue and she's basically telling the women of the world how to take care of their vagina. And at some point during the video, she actually um, gives you levels (laughs) to the vagina maintenance (laughs) because She goes so far, and and I'm I'm saying this for people, for example, like my mother, who are not going to go on Instagram and watch a Cardi B video. So at at one point in the video, she basically says, hey, you have to think about the hygiene of everything. So for example, if you sit around the house all day and don't brush your teeth, and then you eat a bacon, egg, and cheese and some barbecue ribs, (laughs) this is her words, not mine. You sit around the house all day, you don't brush your teeth, then you start eating a bacon, egg, and cheese for breakfast. You have some ribs for lunch. And then you proceed to give, you know, oral pleasures to your partner. So now, you know, what's been going on in your mouth are now on his genitals. And then if his genitals come in contact with your genitals, then basically you just messed up the whole, you messed up the whole the chemistry is thrown off because now you got these unbrushed teeth and the bacon, egg, and cheese and the ribs and his genitals, and all this mixed together, and it's throwing off your vagina. That's literally what she put out into the world. She's like, I mean, and all you are wondering. World. And she's like, oh, you women are wondering why your vagina doesn't work right and why you don't have a WAP and you might have a DOP instead of a WAP and all types of all types of stuff. So then people started bringing this up to their OBGYN, started bringing it up to their doctors and visits like, oh, did you see the Cardi B video? She's telling us how to take care of our vaginas. I'm like, I don't even know what Cardi said. But because my patient brought it up to me, I'm like, let me actually watch this video. <laughs> and see what she has to say because there are millions and millions of women in America who saw this video and they're like, oh, is that how I take care of my vagina? I was like, okay,
0: my gosh. So, I mean, the way she said it was kind of like in her own special way, but I mean, she was spitting like straight facts. Like, I mean, if you're gonna like, you know, do your stuff and you smell like a McMuffin, like, I don't, I think we need to, you need to go brush your teeth, you need to go, like, use some Listerine or something and
1: then come back to it. But, I mean, she's she's not wrong. Cardi, you know, Cardi B, Cardi B at her core it. is pure entertainment. She really is. At, at, you know, you can have your yeah. thoughts, you can have your thoughts about Cardi B and her music and even her uh, pseudo-political stances, but she is pure entertainment. A minute yes. straight. So, if you guys yes. want to, you can Perfect. go find the video. And it's kind of the birthing of, uh, you know, the whole <laughs> the whole WAP discussion, and then even this episode that we're doing right now. So, it's also right. a good transition. It's a good trending transition topic too, because this is basically what we're talking about all day. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, so, you know, it's funny. I posted on my Facebook page of uh, almost a month ago, I guess, when um, the WAP video came out. Like, you know, WAP matters, and so it's uh, picked up lots of. Lots of topics and discussions. We've got people in our clinic saying, hey, Cardi B put out this, you know, how to take care of your vagina. And then she made this WAP video. So, like, WAP has been everywhere. It's like we've been posting about it and now we've been trending about it. So, we are going to have some conversations about the almighty vagina. So, yes, I don't even know where to start. We're going to wink it. Okay. We're going to straight up wing this because (laughs) (laughs) the, I mean, the vagina is complicated. First of all, when people are talking about their vagina, they're actually really talking about their vulva, but that's neither here nor there, because most people think of their vagina as the thing that you see on the outside, right? The the Mm -hmm. thing we shave, we wax, Mm -hmm. we wash, we clean. The vagina itself is really the, the internal component somewhere between the outside at the vulva, up to the cervix which is way up by your uterus in between that is the vagina that's where the magic actually really happens so yeah we are gonna talk about (laughs) all things vagina now one of the questions that i get a lot uh in my clinic that i get a lot that i have gotten a lot since we put our podcast out there is like can you please talk about discharge because Mm
1: -hmm. i've got this
3: discharge everybody's got this discharge somebody has a friend who knows a friend who has discharge like It's all a thing. Fine. Let's talk about vaginas and discharge. First of all, discharge is normal and natural. You discharge. Excuse me, me Amy Jo.
1: Excuse me, Amy Jo. What is what is discharge for some of those who may not know what discharge is?
3: So discharge is the liquid or creamy, mucousy-like thing that exits out of your vagina every day.
1: Thank you so much.
3: That is what discharge is. (laughs) It looks different. Depending on where you are. So how you discharge varies from week to week. So when women are ovulating, meaning that one of those ovaries that you have, have spit out and seed trying to get you pregnant, that discharge looks stringy and long. So sometimes if you actually get your hand on it and you, you know, it gets in your hands, you're like, wow, why is it so stringy? And it's long it's because you are actually ovulating. On your way to getting to ovulation, which is how you stay fertile, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker until it's a stream. Then you have your period and then you don't get that much. I know. Period. Yeah. Didn't get pregnant. Fine. Let's get rid of (laughs) it. So you have this period and then your discharge really becomes very minimal. So kind of watery. You don't really see it anymore. Why this is important for you all to know is because I definitely have had ladies come in, seeing me for the first time who say, oh, every other month I get treated for BV. BV Hmm. is bacterial vaginosis. Bacterial vaginosis is an irritation of the vagina due to a bacteria that you can get. Sometimes you can get it with sex or due to sex, but you can also get it without sex, not due to sex. And, sh- and I've had ladies getting treated every other month. And when I was sitting down talking to this one lady, what I realized was that she was identifying her ovulating discharge and thought, oh, my goodness, I've gotten BV again. I need to get treated. Mm. And in this in this world of, you know, this whole pandemic where a lot of things are virtual and we're trying to prevent people from having to come in. They were just giving her, you know, the antibiotic because they're trying to keep her safe. Okay, here's your treatment. When I was like, tell me more about your discharge. When was your period? Let's count these days. I'm like, ma'am, you are ovulating. She's like, oh, no wonder. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, it wasn't giving me any problems and smell, anything like that. So discharge happens all the time. It's what you really have to know. Now, all discharge is not good discharge. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you know the difference. So I expect women to be looking at discharge from time to time, Uh, especially if you are sexually active, especially if you are attempting to get pregnant, uh, if you are menstruating, I kind of need you to know what your normal is. So should something go wrong, you can explain why it's gone wrong. This gets into what we call inflammations of the vagina or a vaginitis or a STI, sexually transmitted infection, also called STDs, sexually transmitted disease. All of the above will give you a discharge. Mm -hmm. Those discharges are sometimes different colors, greens, yellows. Sometimes they could be red if you've been irritated. They can have smells like bacterial vaginosis. Bacterial vaginosis has a discharge that can have a little bit of a tint to it. It doesn't have to have it. But the one thing people will know is it smells almost like an artificial fish. Like if you could create a scent called fish, that's what (laughs) bacterial
0: vaginosis (laughs) smells like. Oh my God, I'll never never not think of that.
3: (laughs) Listen, because it does, right? Because it, it smells like somebody intentionally created a fishy odor. And that's what, that's what that smells like. So it can smell like that. It doesn't have to smell, but there's always something. And also, it's also accompanied with some kind of irritation. Okay. hmm The reason why I say vaginas get complicated is because you could still have all those things and not have any symptoms. So like this rabbit hole goes so deep. No pun intended.
1: Um, So (laughs) I was just going to say, how deep does it go? How deep does it go? Oh my God. Deep, deep.
3: So, um, so yeah. Okay. So let's go back. So you got the vulva, which is the outside. Inside is the vagina. The vagina is where you are engaging in intercourse. It's where you are uh, getting your discharge from. And so a lot of women are often concerned about the two areas. The inside of the vagina is a self-cleaning entity. Agreed. For the people in the back. Mm -hmm. The inside of the vagina is a self-cleaning entity. You do not have to stick many things in there to clean it. It will clean itself. The outside of the vagina is fair game. Now, depending on how you clean, the outside of the vagina can affect the inside of the vagina. Mm -hmm. So... If you spend a lot of time washing your body with the same towel that you hang up in the shower, and then you also wash the vagina with that towel, no differently than when Cardi B was talking about eating those ribs all day, you can introduce a little bit of bacteria from your towel into the vagina. So I generally tell women, if you're having problems, lots of yeast infections, lots of bacterial vaginosis, smelly discharge, all those things, I tell people to wash their bodies first and then with your clean hands, take a little bit of uh sensitive soap, liquid soap versus bar soap because it hasn't been collecting moisture in your shower and hand wash the vagina.
0: Not done.
3: Not done. soap. that's let me put this not color. done like nothing, nothing <laughs> rough, right? Like nothing drying. Just a
0: gentle... No no dishwasher soap, please.
3: (laughs) Um, A gentle, you know, soap that you would use for your body can can wash the outside of the vagina. And that's generally all you need. You do not have to get in there and clean the inside of the vagina. It will do fine. Um, Because a lot of women are still douching or asking if it's okay to douche. Douching, Douching is trying to wash the inside of the vagina with that vinegar water fragrant mix and you don't need that mm. um, but the outside of the vagina fair to wash um,
0: so if I could interject the um, yeah. essentially so when Cardi B released that video she was kind of talking a little bit she alluded she was talking a little bit about pH balance so you know kind of the, the douching is kind of uh, marketing to you know help you with that pH balance but it does not it does exactly the opposite of that So you do not need to stick anything up. Like, I think I said this in our last episode, you do not need to stick anything up your vagina to like kind of level the pH balance. It'll do that on its own. So that's more, I mean, anything that you do to kind of disrupt that balance, you're going to increase more opportunity for uh, bacteria. That's not um, that's not intrinsic to your, uh, to your flora to grow. And that would uh, create more What's types flora? of flora is oh, sorry. I know that they, they told me about this in the last time. I I'm sorry. I've used some terms that I got, <laughs> okay. I got to work on. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry
1: uh,
0: flora. I'm, working, I'm working on it. So flora.
1: Intrinsic. I flora, I mean, flora. What are these words? So, Dr. <laughs> I am.
0: I am sorry. So the bacteria <laughs> that are, the bacteria that kind of just naturally live in your vagina, that's that's what I mean by that. So anything you introduce into your vagina that kind of messes up with that balance, you will cause more of the bad bacteria to grow and the good bacteria will not be able to flourish. So that's, that's kind of what I was um, referring to. But yeah.
1: In right. other
3: words, she's saying you got a community that lives in the vagina in peace and harmony. They're all different. They've got their own pHs, but when they're all there together, it keeps a nice balance. You can throw that balance off a lot of different ways.
1: You sure can. Mm -hmm. Putting
3: things in the vagina, penises, fingers, toys, tongues, all those things can throw the pH off. How you eat can throw the pH off. Lots Mm -hmm. of sugars, lots of fats, uh, processed foods, all those things can throw your pH off. Diseases can throw your pH off. Are you diabetic? Do you have an autoimmune disease? That can throw your pH off. Being moist all the time. Shout out to all the girls with the big thighs. I'm here with you. <laughs> Being moist all the time can throw off your pH. Uh, I so that word, moist, You... That will all those things happen, so when you throw them off, depending on which side it swings to so some women will swing to a side and get a yeast infection. Mhm, other women will swing opposite and get bacterial vaginosis. They're mm-hmm. very irritating um they are annoying, and women who get them back to back are often just very irritated by the idea that they have to keep getting treated over and over again, so it's a delicate balance, so. The question always is, how do we make it stop for women who are having lots of problems or how do we make sure it doesn't happen? And most of the time it's simple, but for women who have ongoing yeast infections, ongoing bacterial vaginosis, it really becomes trial and error. We were talking earlier that one of the earlier things that I like to talk about in my clinic and to women is just good skincare, which is not using the same towel to wash the vagina as you use to wash the body. That's a general rule. For women who have problems with moisture, if you have a blow dryer at home and it has that cool setting, when you get out the shower, hit that blow dryer in the vagina area just to knock (laughs) off extra water so that you start your day as dry as possible. Because if you start the day wet, And you go throughout the day and you sweat, you work, I don't know, in a factory where it's hot, you have a very active job, or you're going to the gym, you're going to just continue the day to be, you know, wet, 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 and have damp, you know, clothing that's sitting close to the vagina, which may increase your chances of developing some kind of irritation. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that always helps. We haven't even gotten to the grooming of, the vulva and the outside of the vagina. So some women, this gets complicated because some women shave, some women wax, some women use creams to remove hair, all those things, depending on how you use those or what you use, that skincare is also important. Mm -hmm. So women who are waxing or shaving the vulva area, which is the lips of the vagina and the surrounding areas you have got to exfoliate in between those jobs. By exfoliating, I mean use something like a sugar scrub or a salt scrub that does not have a lot of chemicals in it to make sure that the skin stays fresh. And then you got to come behind and moisturize because you cannot get a hair to grow out of that follicle that you just took it out of, that little hole that the hair came out of. It won't come out if you've got a dry uh you know, flaky skinned area down there. And the problem with that is if you get a hair, if you get a hair, a hair bump, like we call them a hair bump, if that hair bump gets infected because you tend to run a little moist down there, if you get an infection, now we may also throw what your pH off. So it's going to give you all kind of problems. So mm-hmm. good skincare, uh, helps.
1: um, I think, it's also, I think it's also helpful um, if you have some patience with your primary care doctor or your OB. Like Amy Jo just said, it's really a trial and error type of thing. And we're trying to work through this with you. And I also want to point out that we called your vagina a community before. It's a community of a lot of interworking parts. <laughs> yes. And you guys cannot be upset with us if sometimes I ask you that you need to separate your community from your partner's community. Because Please. I don't know- <laughs> Because I don't know if your partner is throwing off your community. So we sometimes, not even sometimes, the majority of the time, we really got to start from scratch. And it was like, hey, stop being active for a second. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, healthy sex lives, I'm all for it. I really am. I really am. But I really just need, you know, to separate the community so we can really figure out, like, what's causing this.
2: Yeah. There are times that... Um, A patient can do all the things that we discuss, making sure they stay away from, uh, especially if women try to stay away from using scented soaps, um, washing with water and soap, and then they still keep getting these recurrent BV infections. So uh, sometimes uh, what we would need is if you're, it's easier for us to determine what's going on if you try to avoid having sex for a certain period of time. So we can try to kind of figure out what's happening. If there's something else that you're doing that we didn't, that we don't know, therefore we can get to the root of the
0: problem. Um, and I, I mean, granted, like, I mean, we've been talking about BV like, you know, most of this time, but you know, all vaginitis. So there's a lot of vaginitis infections that aren't necessarily BV that we also test for in the clinic. So kind of what you tell us, like the smell, the color, you know, does it itch? Does it not itch? Does it burn? You know, those are all things that we take into account. Like when you come into clinic and tell us, you know, what is going on with your discharge? Cause you know, we may, we'll definitely be testing you for, you know, the STDs, which are the sexually transmitted infections or diseases, which can all cause, the, you know, their different type of discharge. So granted, if you have, you know, like Dr. Amy Jo had said before, you know, all uh, vaginized infections run a little bit different. So, you know, BV has sort of like that fishy type of odor, but Trichomonas, which is another STD type of infection, also has a type of odor, but it also looks a little bit different. So it's more of like a gray type of discharge that you'll see. Um, And then the other um, STD infections will also present differently. So definitely what you tell us when you come into the clinic is going to help us with our workup and how, and definitely determine what type of treatment you get for, for that infection. There is someone who does, oh, go ahead. There's greenest, greenest discharge. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: There is something really important to know since we're talking about, uh, uh, Dr. Sunshine talked about, you know, sometimes we're trying to separate the communities from each other. If you are inflamed or irritated, and if you think this is not an STD, I'm a little irritated, but it happens all the time. What you have to know is that if the vagina is already a little irritated, your risk of getting an STD has increased. Yeah. If you have Mm -hmm. sex with an irritated vagina, your risk of getting HIV Chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis, syphilis, herpes have all gone up higher than if you had a normal vagina at baseline. So mm-hmm. if you've got some irritation, it's a good time to just keep the community closed. Let's just put the gate up, give it a rest for a minute, <laughs> see your doctor so that we can, <laughs> so we can swab you, we can take a look to make sure you're not irritated. Because inflammation means that you're vulnerable to get other infections.
1: Exactly. Yep. Right. It also it also helps. I mean, if um and not everybody has this luxury, but if you do have a primary care doctor or, or a gynee who you see often and they've been on this journey with you, then they can also notice changes in your discharge as well. Um, as, but I speak for, I speak as a primary care doctor who does a lot of women's health. I feel like I'm looking at vaginas very, very often. Like for me personally, I can spot yeast from a mile away. I'm like, oh, that's yeast. It's fine. Like, yeah. here you go. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? But then there are a lot of patients that you see and it, it's a mixed picture. Because yeah. you, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, they are sexually active. They're not really using any barrier contraception because someone's on a birth control pill or they have a Nuxpanon or something. So they're not using these barriers. They might have a few partners. They might also have a little bit of, it could have, a lot of people have a mixture of things because you can have BV while you also have chlamydia or gonorrhea. You can have all of these things at the exact same time. So yeah. we actually are, We've gotten really good with the different swabs that we have. We have swabs that are just for, there's, there, there's, even swabs out there that can tell me the exact type of yeast that you have, if you do have a yeast infection. So the swabs are great. First thing we really try to do is make sure it's not an STD or an STI. And then after we get that straight, then we're like, all right, cool. You didn't catch this from somewhere else. So let's figure out what's going on. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think you help us the most by knowing what is your normal and what is not your normal. Because most mm-hmm. women know, most women know this feels just like the yeast infection I had six months ago. Most of the time, women are right. You spend more time than I do with your vagina. So I'm inclined to believe you. <laughs> um, and I am trying to treat you once and then figure out all the lifestyle changes we can make so that we do not have to keep loading you up with antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic.
1: You know, I completely agree.
3: Know. So that that is the goal. Um,
1: can Especially I talk about that bounce back? Ugh. Yeah. That, like the antibiotics and the antibiotics, you know, cuz the antibiotics their job is just to kill the bacteria, and they kill the good and the bad, and then they have the bounce back mm-hmm. after the antibiotics and they get the yeast infections. I'm like, "Oh, these we're in, we're in a cycle." Now it's annoying. (laughs) Right. We're swinging all over the place.
3: They call you a week later like, ah, doc, I got a yeast infection. Like, oh, I figured. So then you have to give them that. It's, I mean, it's it's a lot. So we're trying to get you back to the happy medium where the community is all living in peace and harmony and try to keep you
0: there so that you're coasting uh, uninfected. So, mind you, there are certain STDs that, you know, if we treat you, then you also need to let your partner know that they also need to get treated as well. Um, the one that definitely comes to mind is trichomonas um, and chlamydia. So, usually we do a test of cure for that um, after we give you the initial treatment, but you still need to know or let your partner know that you know, I got treated for this. So you should probably get treated as well and kind of go from there. So, cause let if me just you, clarify. no, go ahead. Sorry, We're going to treat your partner for all sexually transmitted infections that you
3: get. Right. Not just some, you should be, your partner or partners should all be treated. If you are positive for any sexually transmitted infection yeah. and it is trichomoniasis that we're going to, Repeat your test to make sure you clear it. Everybody mm-hmm. does not clear it on the first treatment. Yep. It is important because it increases your risk of cancer. That is why Dr. Nono is talking about it. So if you have ever had trichomoniasis and you do not go back to make sure you do not anymore have trichomoniasis, you should call your doctor to get tested.
1: Plug, 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 Call
0: your doctor. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. can
1: I say time. it? I've been pronouncing <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: been pronouncing that name wrong for like all up until now. So they are, what trick? Yes, no, so you know, like Angela no. no. Like, know. like it's not the same thing, <laughs> but still you need definitely, you need to let your partner know that, you know, you've been treated for this and they also need to get treated for that as well. Otherwise you're just going to keep giving it back to one another and
1: that literally helps nobody. So yeah. No, no, you can just you can just make your life easier and just call it trick. But it does go yeah, by I mean, multiple different names. It is
3: trick too, Rocker. Rock no?
1: <laughs> right. Mind you, no, no. Trick-ay, trick-ay,
3: trick-ay. No, no, you're trick-ay, not trick-ay, even trick-ay, trick-ay. Uh. I know, we've
1: come on Right. <laughs> no, no, you're not even seeing Trick anyway. In the emergency room and in the hospital Girl, by the time no. they get you, you are not. When's the last time you when's the last time you saw a vagina in the hospital? You swab the vaginas uh, in the I, hospital for a trick? They do not I swab vaginas in the hospital. They act like it doesn't exist. And they're like, oh, go to your primary care We can <laughs> take care of
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> or you oh, have a vagina. Oh, Oops. <laughs> oh, that
1: is, that
0: is, I, that is, I am, <laughs> that is not FM. So if someone comes to me and be like, hey doc, you know, this, this patient, you know, even though they're admitted for like this completely unrelated issue, they got a little discharge coming out. You mind if I, you come take a look? I'm like, all right, fine. So, yes, you I mean, if you do get discharged in the hospital and you do let your your doctor know, I will definitely come check it out. But I don't know. Yes. I mean, the other three people in this podcast definitely see a lot more than I do, because if you're coming into the hospital, like trick is not going to kill you. So, I mean, that's essentially why you're in the hospital to get treatment for the more acute issue. But if you do have some type of
1: discharge, oh, Dr. We- no, is just being nice. She's right. not the average hospital doctor. There's no normal hospital doctor that's going to look in your vaginas and be like, Hey, you're here for your heart attack? I, I saved your life. Now go talk to your primary care oh, doctor I'm about your primary. vagina. <laughs>
3: can we talk about more Group though? That I don't want to leave out because they also are very important. And that that is my my menopausal women by I menopausal was, women.
1: We are always on the same page. I know, I right? Was I was always here. Here.
3: <laughs> We're here in our music and in our medicine. In our music and our medicine. We, <laughs> we are so here. But menopausal women or pre-menopausal women, because every now and then I'll get a pre-menopausal woman that is coming in. Let me first define menopause. Menopause. Is 365 days of no menstrual period. That's it. If you have not gone 365 days, then what, what you are is what we call peri around menopause. You're hanging around menopause. You're getting there, but you're not there yet. As it relates to the vagina and menopause, you can get some atrophy which is just a change in how muscular and soft the walls of the vagina are as you get older, they change. Why that's important is because when it comes to intercourse and care, they just need a different kind of TLC. They are more susceptible to inflammation. So women who get yeast infections and menopause tend to be really irritated. And they're like, please doc, help me out. So that you can treat this. Also, when they're having intercourse, they can get some decreased WAP. So they may need to supplement the WAP with a water-based lube Mm
1: -hmm. to help
3: with some of the atrophy. And it's all because of the estrogen. So we're hormonal. We're women. We have hormones. Our ovaries have been pumping it out for years. And then all of a sudden, one day we wake up and our ovaries decide that it changes the hormone on us. And because it changed the hormone on us and gave us a different kind of estrogen our vaginas have changed as well. And so that's why you get these very gentle vaginas that sometimes develop some atrophy in menopause. My big things that I talk about for my women in menopause and vaginal atrophy is lube is your friend. And it's a good time for lube to be your friend because... My, you know, women that are in their 80s, 70s and 80s will laugh because they remember a time where you just could not go to the grocery store and get water-based lube. Like you could not pick up your eggs and your milk and your KY jelly at the same place. (laughs) It was was in in the, the, you know, the naughty store that you had to sneak off to, grab it real quick and bring it home. But now you can pick it up at the grocery store. The only thing that I will tell my seasoned silver patients is if you need lube because you're having some irritation during and after intercourse, make sure it's water-based. Please no coconut oil, no olive oil. I know what's in the kitchen. I know it's right around the corner. You can grab it real quick, but you're going to be irritated and you're going to irritate your community because menopausal vaginas have a community too. And I don't want you to get irritated and end up with a yeast infection or back to your vaginosis. So I just didn't want to leave those vaginas out because those vaginas matter. Yes, they are a little bit more gentle. Yes, it is because you're in menopause and it is because your hormones changed and it's making the walls of your vagina a little bit more gentle. And what you have to know is if it gets really irritating, there are hormonal therapies we can give you and non-hormonal therapies we can give you. Just ask your primary care doctor or your gynecologist what your options are, because sometimes you need a little bit more, even if you are using the water-based loops with sexual intercourse. You might still need something else when you're not having sex, and we have options for you. So I don't want women out there suffering because your vagina changed on you and you're not really sure what to do with this, this, this new age vagina um, in menopause.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. I was definitely going to bring it up. Amy Jo beat me to it.
3: Yeah. Oh, yes,
2: I agree. I always ask all my patients about sex because I think sexual health is very important. Just like health, your mental health is important, your physical health is important. It's just as important for your sex life to be healthy as well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I am with you, Dr. Chris. I ask, I do ask. In my clinic. Yeah, we talk about it. I ask everybody, I ask everybody, men and women, you know, are you sexually active? And when people say no, I ask, why not? You'd be surprised what you get, you know, or they'll mm-hmm. say, you know, nobody's actually asked me, you know, you're the first person to ask me. I had a lady that was once in tears, because she had been waiting, waiting for this moment that someone asked her about her sexual activity so that she can explain that she was in a lot of pain and was not having sex. And yeah. um, it's, it's a thing. So I do ask. A lot of people are ready to give the answer. So um, if you do not get asked in your clinic by your primary care doctor, ask them. Because they actually probably have some really good answers for you and some good information to give you. So we're sorry if you beat us to the question. But I feel better about you going ahead and asking me if I have missed the question so that I can help you out or at least get you to some place where we can get you some help.
0: Exactly. Like don't let your age be a factor. Like, I mean, yes, people above whatever age, you know, they're still getting it on. They're still enjoying themselves as you should, but don't let that be a factor for you. Don't be embarrassed essentially to ask your primary care physician on why does this hurt? What can I do to make it better and go on from there? So, yeah.
1: L- listen, y'all. So we all train together yeah. and we, and we've all seen each other's patients, right? <laughs> so girl, I have Dr. seen patients who Ooh. now listen, now listen, let me finish. Let me, <laughs> y- y'all know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so I have seen, you know, we worked in the same office. We share patients all the time. It's cool. No worries. And every doctor has their own little pearls and stuff. They want their patients to remember. They got different styles, all this stuff. Whenever I see one of Doctor Chris's patients, oh my god, I swear she she must just talk to them about sex all day long. Like, doctor Chris told me my sex is important. Doctor Chris told me I gotta be getting it in. Doctor Chris told me be safe, but I'm supposed to be having a good time. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, does Doctor Chris does he talk to all? I'm like, what? what? I'm like I'm like did you go I'm like, did you go into the appointment wanting to talk to Dr. Chris about sex? Or do y'all or do all of these conversations come back to sex? I'm like, how is this even possible? <laughs> like,
3: oh my God. I mean, it's a good position, right? We're family medicine physicians. So you see everybody. So you get both sides, right? Like, hey, why aren't you having sex? They'd be like, because my husband don't want to have sex. Then you ask the husband, they'd be like, Cause my wife don't want to have sex. And you're like, man, I can't tell on both of y'all, but let me see You know, I can't give you the information that I gave, you know, unless you gave me permission so now I got to hint to be like well why don't you ask her because you know I ain't heard this from you but I think she might say yes you know just like all these things so Yeah, like you know, sex is important. Sex, is might just thing. surprise you, right? Hey, you ever consider just asking her? You never know what you're gonna get. In the back of my mind, I'm like, she's gonna say yes. She's gonna say yes. Um, so you know, it's it's a it's a thing. It, it's a thing. Um, sexual health is important. Um, mm. relationships are maintained and sustained on sexual intercourse. So I don't want people to feel like I sure was hoping she would ask me and then they leave out and they're sad when they get in the car because what they really came for was to ask questions about sexual function, whether that be vaginal irritation or burning or worse, bleeding. Um, You catch women who have been bleeding from the vagina already in menopause for years and they're like, well, nobody asked me. So I thought maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. So let me tell everybody since we're on the menopausal women, Once you go into menopause, if you bleed again from your vagina, you need to call your doctor right away. Mm
1: -hmm. Like,
3: that is something that I want to know right away. Because once you go into menopause, you should not bleed again. If you bleed again, we all get concerned and you need to have some things done. We're going to do ultrasounds. We're going to ask questions. I we're going to run labs. We're probably going to send you to the gynecologist because this is where they're great. Because after we get the basic information, you're going to need a specialist. But if you if in any way bleed, even if it was a little bit, huh? maybe not that much, just go ahead and let us know and we will take it from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless Agreed. you
3: know why you are bleeding. Now, if you were out swinging from the ceilings and was having a very uh, vigorous, very vigorous sex. Cause that can be a reason, or just tell me, come in anyway, but just let me know, Hey, listen, you know, women, you know, women sometimes are widowed, you know, earlier on, and then they end up in a relationship later in menopause and now they're getting back active. And so someone will say, you know, it's been a while since I've had sex. Now I am having sex and I notice a little bit of blood. Should I be concerned? Mm-hmm. Just let, we'll look, we'll still do the workup, but I'd sooner work up to find out that there was nothing than to find out two years later that you had kind of been bleeding on and off. And now it's just getting worse and we are, you know, in the game late. So, so
0: if you are bleeding and you're post so you went through menopause and you are now like spotting, that is a sign for possible endometrial cancer. So that's cancer of your lining of your, of your uterus. And that is something that we need to work up right away. So granted, if this happens to you, you need to definitely like what Dr. Amy Joe was saying, you need to come in right away and let us know so that we can start that work up right away. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Y'all, there, we're leaving out one group of people in here. I have that I, set off. That set off pHs, but go ahead, Darter Sunshine.
1: No, no, no. I was gonna say, Amy Joe, I'm I'm curious as to what you're gonna say because I have two active things on my mind. And if you guess, if you read my brain again, oh. this is gonna make for one weird night because this has just been so crazy. What are you gonna say?
3: I was gonna say we can't talk about vaginas and pH without talking about the people who are often the cause of them, and that is the penis.
1: Oh. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the penis. It's often things. appropriate. That is, of that, all is not, that
1: is not what I was thinking. But okay, well, really- here, but I also want to point out how excited Dr. Nono is. I know Dr. Nono is like was. that's what I'm
0: talking yeah, about. But, but you know what? Well,
1: let's let's ride her excitement. Go ahead, Dr. Nono. What which you what which, what which, which, which you got to say?
0: No, no, <laughs> I was I would just saying like I mean this is the other half of the art. Like literally, this is what I've been advertising on all those posts. Y'all have been seeing. Like this is not just thought. <laughs> oh. It's not just the talk for the ladies. Like men, I hope you are listening. You need to tune into this as well to know what we are dealing with and what you need to know about. So, right? Can I just say that vaginas are amazing,
2: and we gotta definitely protect the vaginas mm-hmm. and the penis. Uh, some a lot of times can be the problem.
3: Right? Vaginas are awesome. <laughs> vaginas are awesome, but they often keep company with penises and. This can set off a pH system like nobody's business. So, fellas, listen. We love y'all. We're happy you are here. Most of us are here because of someone like you.
0: <laughs>
3: but yeah. please, if your partner is having infection after infection after infection, yeast infection, bacterial vaginosis on and off, and you are watching her go to the doctor over and over again, I need you to take a hard look to think, can I do something different? Because sometimes it's your community. So your skin is carrying its own community of bacteria, of things that live on the skin that includes the penis. And every time you insert that penis into the vagina, if it's throwing off the pH, when you're done, she is going to be irritated. And that's another week that she's got to reset and you don't need that reset. And so women are often uh, trying to figure out what the balance is, the balance to continue to have intercourse because they enjoy it and they know you enjoy it and they want to keep connected. But how not to be so irritated all the time? So um, there's things you can do. You can shower before you can, you know, clean off the penis before uh, grooming works both ways. So for men who um, have a lot of you know hair in the pelvic area, what you have to know is that hair can trap bacteria and skin mm-hmm. cells and stuff like that in that hair. And even though you don't put the hair in the vagina, once you're engaging in intercourse, you can still introduce it to the vulva. Remember the outside, and once it's on the outside, it can get to the inside because we're talking about wop and wop. The wop waves carry through, right? <laughs> so, um, you can, you can, you can, oh, you can God. make it worse. So, fellas, please, uh, if your lady is having problems, do her a favor. She is scared to ask you. Uh, she does not want to offend you. I am in clinic trying to have all these strategies about how she can ask you. Like before, you bring that thing in here, can you wash it off? Please, just wash it off. Like just wash, uh, groom. Same kind of skincare, moisturize, trim, all these things. Do not use heavy oils and creams. Please don't lotion up the penis before you're going to have intercourse, especially if you're going to put a condom on it because you do not want the lotions and the oils that you lotion with to interfere with the, with the, the lubricant and you know everything on the condom so you've just got to be a little conscious and you just have to know that you can set off the ph better than anyone Mm -hmm. that's all i had a
1: patient that was so uncomfortable bringing it up to her partner and she was like can i bring him here and you can talk to both of us together i'm like of course of course you can bring him here yeah and then she's like hey babe uh dr sunshine has something to talk to you about i was like wow she hit me with a strong I'm like, wow i think when i was a resident i had
3: somebody <laughs> ask me for like a doctor's note saying that she couldn't have sex for like four weeks um wait
1: i was like this is serious Ooh. and i was like okay um and you know. i kept it i kept it really real with him too and i was just like sir i mean both of them were maybe around like 22 23 you know i was like sir You can't, you can't have sex with your partner. Like right after basketball practice, he was doing all types of stuff. And I'm like, what is all this? I'm like, we just got to work on this whole hygiene thing. I'm like, I need you to be clean. I need, I need you to be all the stuff that Amy Jo just said. I I gave him a nice little, he's like, oh man, that's a lot of homework, doc. And I was like, yeah, it is. But imagine how she feels because I'm seeing her repeatedly in this office. And then she's like, well, yeah, we do. As soon as he gets done for practice, he's kind of sweaty and he ain't showered. But I mean, you know, it's kind of like whatever. I'm like, no, guys. Wait, <laughs> no. Time oh, on. guys.
0: Can we, wait, time out. Can we not wait five minutes for him to take a shower, wash up, and then go to it? I mean. Listen, really- sometimes the mood hits people. I'm not here. <laughs> right. I'm not here <laughs> to referee when you have sex.
3: I'm just trying to make sure that when it's over, you both feel good. Right? I mean, like, it, if you're
0: feeling, that's it. it. Honestly, if you're smelling like a whole locker room and you're trying to come to me like, hey, babe, let's let's do this. I'm like, no, go go take a shower. Like Listen, no.
3: that's not that's not my thing, right? I can't navigate that. Like I can't dictate when it's gonna people. Um that that nothing no no's
1: trying to be a blocker. Right. She's a blocker. I am no, not I'm
0: about at. I want to like smell like the whole basketball team, like once he's finished. Like I want to like at least smell like you gotta stop blocking.
3: You, you never know. He might have I know, right? You got to stop the whole thing. Like that's that's a pheromone thing, you know, like who knows what's happening. All I know is that if it irritates you, then it's a good idea to do your partner a favor and wash it. Hey, women, women who have sex with women, I have seen people, you know, it's fun. I I had a a wonderful couple that almost broke up over this. Um, Your toys and penises, same rules. So... I know. Shout out to Dr. Nono last week. I almost I almost <laughs> hate to say it because I was like, oh, my God.
0: So if you, are,
3: <laughs> if you are engaged in intercourse and you are inserting those toys into a vagina when you're done with them, please wash them in either the the, the spray that you were given to clean them or some warm soapy water and then make sure you're setting them out to dry. Because they will develop a community as well. And that community Mm -hmm. may or may not be compatible with you or your partner. So the things you insert matter. If it's attached to a man, then ask him to, you know, be a good steward of those things. If you bought it, then you should be a good steward of those things. But either way, what you introduce into the vagina can mess with the floor.
2: Take home message, protect the vagina. Protect
3: it. very,
1: very important. I'm going to say the two quick things that were on my mind. Number one, I just wanted to say, in case you guys uh, haven't heard it kind of like sprinkled throughout what we've been talking about, um, if you, for any reason, are having pain during intercourse, I want you to bring that up to your doctor because pain during intercourse is something that if if you're, you know, of course, we're going to ask you the questions about, you know, different, you know, did you try a new position, something out of the ordinary, like Amy Jo was talking about sexual gymnastics, all that jazz. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. But if it's if it's something that's um, that's really causing you like to feel uncomfortable, um, because no matter what, whenever you decide, whenever and however you decide to, to give consent and like have fun when you have sex, it should always it shouldn't be painful. So if you if you have that, it's important for you guys to bring that up to us as soon as possible. Second, quick thing I wanted to say is that um, I didn't want to leave this segment without talking about PID. The reason why I say that is because PID is an acronym. If you guys want to Google it at home, it stands for pelvic inflammatory disease. I'm just going to say this real quick, and then you guys can chime in if you like. If a woman has a sexually transmitted infection, specifically gonorrhea or chlamydia, and if she has this sexual you know, transmitted disease and she never knows it, Or maybe she does know it and she never gets it treated and she has it for a really, really long period of time. She can develop it. She can develop pelvic inflammatory disease. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because women who have PID, you know, also carry a same correlation of having scarring on their tubes. So later on down in life, let's say you get chlamydia or gonorrhea, never treated you're in college, 21, 19, whatever. Let's say you never get that treated when you want to actually start having children later on in life, and then you're wondering why it's not happening or why you got an ectopic pregnancy it's because you may have some scarring on your tubes that came from an untreated STI that you never had taken care of. So that's really, really important because I also really like for my patients to be able to have all the knowledge that they need in order for them to really be as fertile as they want to be in the future. Because it's sad sometimes when you're just unaware or uninformed or no one ever told you so. Dr. Sunshine told you. Treat those STDs. Get them out of there.
0: Treat them, treat them, treat them. And if you're with a new partner, definitely, you know, tell them to wrap it up. Do not be shy about it or get them tested before you decide to have that interaction. I mean, that is not, that is protecting your health and protecting like what Dr. Sunshine said, your future fertility. So do not be shy about bringing that up, you know, when you guys first meet
1: are y'all doing ca- are, are people doing casual sex during covid people people out here yes doing- <laughs>
3: girl, no. yes yes they
2: are
1: no. risking <laughs> it all risking it all though really definitely girl got girl, some positive girl. uh
3: sti panels uh on the books during this pandemic
1: yo you as know, soon what, as what I, I open up,
3: up-
0: As soon as they opened up, like the restaurants, and like people could go out and stuff, they're like, "Oh, okay, let me like go out and like meet this guy I've been talking to for like four months on Bumble." Like that is that is what's going on. So, do you know how
1: do you know how upset I would be if I went out and risked it all, and you gave me COVID plus or minus chlamydia? Like (laughs) the chlamydia, (laughs) COVID chlamydia. chlamydia. Ah, I'd be so pissed! Oh so God. What a combo! It's like, why did you? Why did you even show up today? Like, right. why, why? I waited eight months for this, and <laughs> I you gave me COVID. Yeah. What is happening?
3: Yeah, I would be so mad. Look, you ain't, you ain't people, this, so. wrap it up. No one has ever come back to my office and said, "I can't believe I used that condom." What was I thinking? Nobody ever says <laughs> that. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> ah! If I had only not used that condom, oh, like. Man. It never, no, no one has ever said it. The first person that says it, I will come back on the episode and say, hey, y'all listen, I have a first person that said they regretted using the condom. <laughs> Use <laughs> condoms. If you're not actively trying to get pregnant, then using condoms works. Works for the women who get recurrent bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections from their partners. You love him, he loves you, but for whatever reason, your communities don't, don't like each other you're always inflamed condoms cut that down 95 percent it's really yep. nice
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh you also are going to decrease your risk of sexually transmitted infections and mm-hmm. it's it's just safe you know there's lots of things out there that you can't give back and uh we would appreciate it if you you didn't we would be really bad family medicine doctors if we didn't talk about one one routine screening thing this is not involving vaginas but since we're up in there can we talk about pap smears just really yes quickly? i was
0: waiting for it of course
3: take it away pap smears guys pap smears are done <laughs> for the screening of cervical cancers okay i think what y'all think we do in there when we're doing your pap smears has become urban legend because women sometimes think they got a pap smear in the emergency room. When was your last pap smear? Oh, yeah, I went to the emergency room. They did one. No. They are
0: not doing pap smears, man. No.
3: <laughs> we do pap smears to screen for cervical cancers at the end of your vagina. So we go from the outside in. So I'm going from the outside. I'm going into the vagina. I'm going all the way to the back. When I get to the back, your cervix is located there. There is where we are screen you for cervical cancers. Nope. Regardless of what you are or are not doing with your vagina, your first pap smear starts at 21. Mm -hmm. It's important because grandmas, aunties, moms remember that we used to start pap smears for all kinds of reasons, right? Had a period, do a pap smear. Almost had a period, do a pap smear. Had sex, get a pap smear. Dreamed about having sex, get a pap smear. Listen, <laughs> we've uniformed it. 21 is the age where you start your pap smear screenings. And to make it simple, you'll get it every three years. Just mm-hmm. ask your doctor and they will take it from there. But you should get your pap smears, regardless if you're sexually active. If you're not sexually active, please remember to get your routine screenings for your pap smear. That's all. Mm-hmm. Alright,
0: we'll talk to you Alright, when you turn twenty-one, it's not only you go out to get your first drink; you need to set up your appointment to get your first smear because that is yeah. what we need to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, okay, do any of do any of us have any other thoughts on this topic before no. we transition into questions? Or Chris, hit us with these questions. Which one,
3: Chris? Chris got his with the questions. We could go on so much. Like the vagina has got so many angles. I think we have given you all lots that you want. Um, Chris, can you, can you give us some questions?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I am I am also very aware that this episode is gonna go long. So I hope the people love it. Cause you're definitely gonna get more than an hour. I guarantee. I you that. Oh my god! Because because you know why? Because we can talk about vaginas all day. And not just because we have one, but because we see them all day and we just this <laughs> right. is part of our normal we talk we just talk to each other casually about vaginas. Yeah. Like we can just, I mean, it's fine. I mean, sex is important. Um, I think I think it's
2: I always ask them if you're not having sex, why are you not having sex? It's it's just as important as your mental health and your physical health. And I believe that it's something that a lot of times people don't don't feel comfortable talking about, don't want to talk about. So I just make sure that I ask them so we can break the ice and try to find out and troubleshoot what's going on. So they can be happier because most of my patients are just happier patients because I make sure that they're, try to have good
0: and happy sex lives. You sure do. <laughs> yes, they, they definitely let me know. Yes. they. The to, I get to, from you when you're not there. Yes, they do definitely talk about it.
1: To the point where they, they leave out important stuff because they're telling me about their vagina. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not here. Today's visit is not about your vagina. <laughs> I know you really want to share with me, you know, that Dr. Chris helped you get this orgasm and you haven't had an orgasm in soul. Dr. Chris, we changed lives, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm like, like we I. Talk I wanna... about your blood pressure. <laughs> right. I'm like I want to talk to you about your blood pressure or your diabetes. I, I'm so happy you're getting orgasms now. Doctor Chris is amazing, but <laughs> I really want to talk to you about this other thing. Oh, They're like, oh, well, I bet my blood pressure down because I'm getting orgasms. So I'm like, okay, okay, all right. Well, I, you know I, bet are, <laughs> I bet you are, sir. I bet you are. Yeah, well, you know, I I'm mean, one of those doctors me. that
2: talks about <laughs> sex and. <laughs>
0: my um, patients yes, are happy and
2: I have to about it, so that's just what it is. Oh, anyway, goodness. we're gonna move on to the question part of uh, the question segment. Of, oh god,
1: uh, is there more vaginas of, in there uh, too? Anyway, <laughs> there might be.
2: I am going to read this question that we have from an anonymous listener. Okay, so it says my question has to do with depression and recognizing those signs, especially in women, and the not-so-usual signs that may present. I've battled off and on in my adult life with mild depression. Lately, for almost a year at least, my emotional state has felt really off. I'm already an emotional eater and that I'm feeling emotion and I want to eat, but I've gained weight over the last few years, and at this point, I haven't had the desire, energy, or care to do the work to get rid of it. Again, even though I hate the way I look naked, my sex drive has been obliterated. And being in a relationship, this has caused problems. Bathing is a question. Am I leaving the house today? Another question. Uh, Can I take a bath tomorrow? Maybe. I mentioned all of this to a close friend of mine who is a doctor, and she told me that this is depression. I'm waiting to hear back from a therapist's office for an appointment now. I would love for you all to talk about the wide gamut of ways depression can present itself. I'm willing to bet a lot more people are depressed and don't even realize it.
1: That is a very good question. That is a good question. Thank you, listener,
3: for that Uh honest uh, expression of what's going on with you, and it's a good question. Um, in this, you know, in the pandemic, I, I have seen such an influx of patients with mood disorders. I've been treating, my my treatment of anxiety and depression has probably increased 100% in the past mm-hmm. six months alone. Depression in Hollywood and depression in real life look very different. So, in real life, uh, there are some very specific criteria that we use. We've all got, you know, different little jingles that we use to remember it, but it can look like lots of things. It can be overeating or undereating. It could be a lack of concentration. It can be feeling guilty about feeling depressed and feeling down. It can be sluggish moving. It can be loss of focus. It can be agitation. Now it can also be thoughts of wanting to hurt yourself or wanting to hurt someone else. But most people, it can be sleep disturbances. Most people are having all of the other things that you mentioned in your question, which are all positive signs for depression. And people think you need to have them for a long time. For us to diagnose you clinically depressed, you just need to have enough of those symptoms for two weeks straight. And you're in.
1: That's it.
3: You don't have to twist our arm on it. You're in. Depression. Yep. Done. Done. And I think most people are okay with hearing you're depressed because I think you kind of knew it before you got into the office where it gets tricky is what you want me to do about it. Mm -hmm. If it is severe, right. And by severe, I don't mean that you're, Suicidal or homicidal—that you're not thinking about making a plan to end your life. I mean, it is interfering how you interact with the world and how the world how you take in the world. So, if it is interfering with your relationship with your partner, if it is um, causing you to lose sight of your weight loss or your overall health goals, if it's making you irritated at work and so you're missing your deadlines or you miss that promotion or you're just not getting along with your coworkers. If you're not sleeping well, if it's interfering with how you talk to friends and family, if it's causing you not to shower. I think that that's a really good time to sit down with your um, primary care doctor or a psychiatrist to think about how we medically help you. Mm -hmm. Medicine scares people because what I hear often is you're trying to manipulate my brain. None of the medicines that I'm giving you for depression are attempting to manipulate your brain. So, the most common medicines that we use are called SSRI, ser- uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. I am trying to convince your body not to break down your feel good hormones. That's it. Mm-hmm. The end. I am then also trying to send you to a counselor or a psychologist to talk about how you got here. The brain function part is really what you're going to do in counseling. That's where the manipulation of your brain comes in because we're trying to make you perceive and think about how you manage the stressors day to day differently but I really can't do that with the medicine. I've got to do that in the hard work of therapy, which is way harder than any medicine I'm going to give you. What I would recommend to our listener is if you have been having low mood for that long, we most likely would recommend, and you'll have to talk to your doctor, that you do both medication management and counseling. But that's a conversation you've got to have with your doctor because I don't know what kind of medicines you're on now. I don't know if you have allergies. I don't know if you've taken medicines before. I don't know if you've got a history of hospitalizations, what you have tried or you have not tried. I just would encourage people to have the conversation with their doctors if they are having the symptoms that you're having or if you're having the symptoms that I mentioned and not be afraid to be open to the idea that sometimes medicine is just what you need because if you're so severely depressed, you just cannot get yourself out of that hole and medicine is not um, the bad guy.
2: I agree. And I do think that doing uh, medication with therapy would really be beneficial in helping you. And I want to say good luck and um, with all your endeavors and that, and I hope you start to feel better.
0: Right. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I, I think, you know, I definitely, we see this more in the, also in the primary care clinics in addition to the hospital, but people that are coming in, I mean, I've been seeing like a big increase in people who are self-medicating with like uh, marijuana and with alcohol uh, coming in, you know, saying that, you know, I just, things in the news have been just so depressing. I don't know how to handle it. Things have been going on with my family. Like all my people are tested positive for COVID. Like I've lost my job, you know, just all these things that are kind of like weighing down on their consciousness. And they're using, you know, things at home to kind of self-medicate for their depression and those things being alcohol and weed among other things. So if you, I would just say, if you get to that point where you feel like, You're using all these other methods to kind of like, you know, bring your mood down to like, you know, kind of numb everything out. That is not that is not an adequate treatment for depression. If you feel like you need to do those things, then that is that is exactly the time where you need to come in to your primary care doctor to talk about those things, to get you set up with therapy cognitive behavioral therapy where it's essentially a session where you can vent about the things that have been bothering you for so long and kind of prevent you from using those things at home to self-medicate because at the end of the day using drinking alcohol and using a crap ton of weed to try and like numb out the feelings that is not going to solve the underlying issue at the end of the day so I would just say, you know, definitely bring that up to your doctor and we can definitely kind of help you work you work through that for
1: you. I have a uh, two two quick things. I think one thing I'm going to say is um I think it's important for you to really think about your support system if you have one. Um I think that first of all, I wish you all the luck in the world because it's going to be it's going to be hard, you know, because As much as we really do think that everybody should have a therapist, therapy can also be hard because therapy, when you go, they have you really, you know, come face to face with a lot of things that maybe haven't been dealt with or haven't been dealt with well. And, you know, it's basically uncovering a lot of things and getting to know yourself better. So I think that um, if you haven't really told your partner about any of this, because you mentioned your partner in the letter um i think that you should be completely open and honest with your partner really let them know what you're going through and that you are taking the steps to you know and let your partner know what your goals are and then if you have any positive support systems around you i definitely think that that would be helpful throughout your journey whether it's a sister mother father um someone who you know is always in your corner and can you know give you a little inspiration and boost as you're on your journey i think that that will also help tis all yeah good luck good
0: luck yeah, good
1: luck. Yeah, you got Amy, jo, Amy Jo, Amy Joe, you gave a very uh, thorough response. Hence why I don't have much to add. <laughs> I, you know,
3: I try to talk like I talk at my clinic. So
1: very, very thorough.
3: I want people to know. I Want people
1: to know. Mm-hmm. Indiana, what you got? What you got? What
3: you got, Doctor Chris?
2: Well, I don't know which uh, email
1: to pick.
3: You just, can pick just, whatever
1: you can pick whatever you see in, in that inbox. Question. Give <laughs> me the question. Whatever, whatever you see in the inbox, you might have a, you might be looking at a lot over there in the right, inbox. I don't know you, can she, pick, you, you can pick, you can pick whatever. Hold on, and listeners, if she doesn't pick, if she doesn't pick your letter, you know it's all Dr. Chris's fault. Don't blame us. She, she's, she's <laughs> literally, she's literally playing like a Russian roulette right now. So don't be talking to us like, yeah, I ain't read my letter. That's Dr. Chris's fault. We just want her to pick one. <laughs> the
2: next question is, can y'all please do a future segment on Yanni beads? Oh Lord.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Let are they Yanni or are they Yoni or Yoni? I thought they were Yoni beads. I think it's Yoni. Yoni. Yoni beads. Listen,
0: you no, know, we the, way, about the little, little
1: egg, the little egg? The little like egg, the little
0: egg beads? beads. Oh, so I, I have heard of this. So Yoni beads are essentially like sack filled herbs that you stick up into your vagina to kind of like extract the badness from your vagina And then you you leave them up there for 24 hours. And then when you stick, when you you pull up, right. So when you pull them out, (laughs) so when you pull them out, apparently they have like all these, um, they're, they're expanded with like all the bad, I guess the bad infection. No, they are. They are. So it's essentially like a cleanse, a cleansing method for your vagina to like rid yourself. It's like a cleansing method for for your vagina essentially.
1: Wait, I thought we were talking about the little porcelain-looking circles. Right. Circle. No,
0: they're not porcelain. So they're filled with herbs. So these herbs are essentially marketed as like being able to extract all the bad infection or bad you know, I don't, I want, I don't want to say vibes, but let like me, bad things. Let me ask you this.
1: Are you supposed to use this in lieu of getting treated, like with a prescription for these bad things that you're talking about? Is that is that the purpose no, of this? No, this is this is solely on its own. So, <laughs> like regularly, like you're just regularly doing this, like once a week. <laughs> oh, you're, you're regularly
0: sticking yoni beads up your your vajayjay, and then once you pull them out after a day, apparently they're like expanded with all this, like you know, like they they expand to to reflect like how much infection or how much like inflammation you had in your vagina and people apparently feel great after they're pulled out so here's my problem well here's my concern
3: so i don't know how that the that it just screams toxic shock syndrome to me right um because The whole, I mean, I guess we're not, I guess we're now getting young enough that we don't remember a lot of toxic shock syndrome, but it still is a thing. It still exists. So for people who do not know what toxic toxic shock syndrome was, it was when women used to use the super tampons, the ones you could leave up there for 12 hours at a time, 12 plus hours. That super absorbent thing also, one, gets introduced from the outside of the environment inside. So you bring in with it bacteria harmlessly because it's on your fingers, it's on your skin. And so you introduce it in and it's got this time to sit and absorb and also interfere with the current community that was in your vagina that was doing all right. So I've got concerns that leaving things like that in your vagina for long periods of time are going to increase your risk of that. While it might be rare, it's very serious and can be deadly. And if you, why are you knocking out the community that currently exists has been doing all right in there the whole time. Now, if you are inflamed, we go back to the first question. Why haven't you seen your doctor? Like, I don't understand if you got inflamed for putting something in your vagina, why the next step is to put something else in your vagina to undo the inflammation. Like, can we look at it first before you put that in there? Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it sounds good, right? It sounds natural and, you know, very Zen-like, but I'm just not sure that Uh, Granted,
0: So when people say like natural, natural remedies, like, I mean, most of the drugs that we have today, like come from plants. Like, I mean, a lot of the drugs that we come, we don't like just make them artificially, like a lot of them, like the basis for them come from plants that we find, like in the environment that we have sent that we have made into a, you know, drug form that we can give to you that I have been you know, study to treat your infection. And granted, you know, when you stick something up there, we don't know what type of discharge you're having and we don't know what herbs are present within these, these Yoni beads. So we don't know, like if you have a actual bacterial infection up there, no amount of herbs that you stick up into your, your is going to help, you know, treat that. Like that could you know, if that's left to fester and, you know, grow on its own, you know, that's, that's going to require antibiotic therapy. And that is something that you need to come to your doctor to get treated for. So, and then leaving something up there, like unattended for 24 hours up in your vagina, that is dangerous. That is very dangerous. So I definitely would not recommend you doing yoni beats. Yeah.
2: I don't think it's necessary to do all of that. I mean, the vagina can clean itself. I mean, soap and water should just do fine.
1: <laughs> on the outside.
0: <laughs> From
1: yeah. the biggest vagina advocate on this podcast right now, hitting y'all with the soap and the water. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't think it's uh, necessary to have anything... Really in your vagina for long periods of time. You shouldn't have tampons in for too long, and I don't see why you even need the the yoni beads in there for that long as well. If you have some concern about your vaginal discharge, I mean, it's something that maybe you should discuss with your doctor, but I don't think it's a good idea, and I wouldn't really do it.
1: Doctor Sunshine does not recommend it either. Yeah. I
3: can't, I can't sign off on the Yoni beads. I'm sorry.
1: And also not to be a stickler, but for Dr. Nono, I wouldn't even put those two things on in the same, like I wouldn't even compare the two things that you were just comparing recently, because you're like, you know, a lot of the medications that we prescribe are plant-based and, you know, a lot of that, I get that. So you eating like me, ingesting and eating, you know, lettuce, plants, herbs, and then me taking a pill, also ingesting something that's based in plants and herbs, those. Okay. But comparing that to something that you insert into the vagina, I don't think is a fair comparison because you mm. natural, naturally there's not supposed to be anything inserted into the vagina. That's full of herbs. I mean, even you just live in your day to day, you're not stumbling in some herbs that just like, ha ha, end up in your vagina. It's just not, <laughs> it's just, it's just not, that's a very unfair comparison. I mean, I get that it's herbs and everything, but herbs, aren't naturally used to being in the vaginal space so that's all. all right let me I guess let me clarify so
0: I think a lot of the so a lot of the drugs that we synthesize, synthesize oh my god I can't talk synthesize for today <laughs> I, I can't even say it right then I'm no, sorry no for wine for you know what no no oh, I don't no I don't god. even
1: I don't even know I don't even know why she's going down this route she's trying real hard though but okay no. go ahead all right, y'all, leave me alone. Jesus.
0: All right. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a lot of the
0: drugs that we make nowadays, I mean, they have they have their roots basis with like different plants that we have in the environment. So the, those are drugs that you ingest, drugs that we use in the hospital, drugs that we use in clinic. A lot of those have their basis with like plants that we found in the environment that we found have antibacterial pr- properties. Um, and things that we found that were beneficial for treating disease. However, none of those drugs that we have found are are not good for sticking purely up into one space and leaving it there for 24 hours at a time. So when I say that, that is what I mean that, you know, these herbs that have not been tested, have not been FDA approved for treatment of any sort of vaginitis that we have talked about for the past hour, Like, none of those drugs or herbs have been approved for this purpose. And again, like Dr. Amy Jo had said before, toxic shock syndrome is a very real issue. So, I mean, there was, I I don't know if you guys have remembered, but there was a girl, I think maybe like two, three years back, that actually had a tampon that was inserted up into, you know, her vagina, I guess, Forgot about it, and then she actually en- ended up having like a bilateral um, amputation because of it, because she went into septic shock and had had both her legs amputated. So that is a very Jeez. extreme that is a very extreme case scenario, but that is that is something that could happen from leaving something unintended in your vagina that could you know be a potential source for very in- a very bad infection that could spread to your blood. And that could require more antibiotics, and that could lead to a very devastating outcome. So,
1: yeah. The point is, don't do, don't it. do it. Reconsider. What did they say to Andre three thousand? Don't do, do it. it. Reconsider. Reconsider. Right. Submitted <laughs> sure, on the subject.
3: You start. listen. Don't get me started. It's already late. Uh, that's my song. <laughs>
1: I type a text oh to a girl oh that you
3: Saying oh <laughs> that I chose this cutie pot with whom I want to be. And I apologize <laughs> if this message. Oh, me God. We could do and this, this all day. Every girl. Okay, okay. Hold on. We got to go, hold y'all. Hold on. Listen, we have been here for so long. We love y'all. This
1: is a long episode. Hopefully, you guys don't complain about it being too long. And even if you do, it might happen again. So, we just got, you know, we don't (laughs) know. We We don't, I mean, we don't know.
3: We don't know. It's what happens. It's late. Um, Just
2: remember to keep sending us those letters. We'll get to them.
3: Keep (laughs) sending them. We will get to them. (laughs) I hope, I hope that everyone has enjoyed it. Listen, y'all, I think we got to wrap. All right. It's my bedtime, y'all. I got to go to bed.
0: (laughs) Y'all got the earliest bedtime in the world. Y'all ain't working tomorrow. What are you talking about? Steve, spoken like a woman who works in the
1: hospital. I know, right? Thank you so much for listening. Um, You guys are amazing. No, no, do you want to tell them one more time where they can reach us, where they can find us, all that jazz? I sure can.
0: So we have multiple social media sites, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, You can find us at our handle, thechocolatemds, um, at either one of those sites. Any additional questions you have for our future episodes, if you want us to answer them on our episode, um, please email us at thechocolatemds at gmail.com, and we will be sure to get to it um, when we can. So, yeah.
1: Dr. Nono is not mentioning this, but I'm asking you nicely to make her job a lot easier. Can you please send all of, their, of your questions to one place? We would like all of the questions you guys have to go to our Gmail address, which is thechocolatemds, as an MDS, at gmail.com. Because I don't want her having to hop around to like, oh, this was on Twitter, this was on Instagram, this was on Facebook, and then it drives her insane. But she's trying to be very polite, and she's not saying that. So I'll say it on her behalf. all right that's fair i'll I'll, I'll allow that that's fine we wish you guys the absolute best please remember to stay safe covid is still out there don't let them fool you it's 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 (laughs) it's still out there it's still a thing i hope that those of you that um have children and those of you that are working from home are finding new and innovative ways of trying to make that work um in terms of the you know schooling from home and working from home and all that jazz stay safe and we'll see you guys next time Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.